0: The catch!
1: ball is high, it is far, it is gone
0: to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World Champions for the 27th time.
1: Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Well, drum, and- what is up, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Nosebleeds WFUV Sports Major League Baseball Podcast. Along with Dan Bartels and Will Talent, I'm Colin Locker and thrilled to be with you on the morning of September 7th. Both the Mets and Yankees showing some signs of progress as it pertains to their futures. A lot going around around the world of baseball. Dan, Will, it's great to be with you guys this morning,
2: guys. It's it's really always a pleasure to be with you guys. For certainly, the Will, we've hopped on a couple of nosebleeds podcasts and chopped it up, Colin. Us as well. It's always been a good time, and this year it's no exception to that. Baseball continues to move. We're In our final uh, month here, it's going to get dicey down the stretch.
0: Yeah, a lot of things to be excited for. Playoff races continue to heat up. Some really kind of dwindling, and some a lot more vibrant than before. American League wildcard starting to really get going. Probably would not be having the same conversation two weeks ago referring to the wild cards. It was all about the National League. National League still really tight there. Now the American League getting a little tighter. So I'm excited, guys. Yeah, I love chopping it up, especially baseball with you guys. So let's do it. Let's have a good show.
1: It's been an interesting year around the sport, especially with rule changes, teams playing a slightly different style than we may have been accustomed to beforehand. But you mentioned the American League wild card. You mentioned things perhaps getting a little tighter. I don't want to provide any false hope. But with that, and given that we are... A Bronx institution. We do have to start with the New York Yankees. They have won five games in a row. Their latest was a 4-3 win last night over the Detroit Tigers. Dominguez with his first home run in the Bronx. Dominguez has joined the Mick as the only Yankee age 20 or younger to hit three home runs in a five-game span. A special moment for him indeed to hit that first home run in Yankee Stadium or first Yankee Stadium home run. He had had a couple in Houston prior, but they've been playing good baseball. And it starts with the youth movement. It starts with those young kids of Wells, Pereira, Dominguez, people of this sort, Peraza, if you want to put him in that conversation. And it's not so much, in my estimation, Will, that all of these guys are superstars right out of the gate. Dominguez, perhaps so. But Wells, Peraza, the results haven't been magnificent so far, but the at-bats are really good. And that's more than you can say about what you were getting from the likes of a Josh Donaldson or an Aaron Hicks.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I'm i really impressed with the guys that they've brought up. Some a lot more than others. There's definitely a lot of development, and there's some big gaps between some of the guys that they've brought up. But for the most part, they've been doing—how can I say the most part? Literally, they have been amazing. They're undefeated since they started doing this little youth movement here, 5-0, and if that's what you want to start with since last Friday— against the Astros um so yeah hopefully Dominguez is that star that you're saying Colin because that's what this team needs this team really needs another piece to their core as what their core was is really really getting older now they need a little bit of a younger piece to add on to what is already existing right now um and Dominguez has that upside I'm a little disappointed in Pereira to be honest with you um I know he's still very, very young. He'll get more opportunities, obviously, this season and next season. They're not going to just write him off. But he hasn't looked amazing at the plate. He's had some pretty big moments. He had a big moment in Houston and a couple weeks ago against the Nationals. They lost the game, but he was a big part as to why they came back in the ninth inning, even though they lost. So Pereira, I need to see a little bit more. Peraza, he's been great, especially over his last like three or four games. Really putting the ball, uh, putting the bat on the ball, making a lot of noise. Uh, You could put Volpe in there too if you want to go as far as this. Volpe is like kind of the veteran of the young guys right now, just because he's played the longest in his first major league season. But overall, man, I'm very excited and I'm happy they they pretty much they're not back in it. I'm not gonna go that far right now, but they're not in the in the cellar right now. Sure, they're six and a half out. There's a shot, especially with the opponents that they're playing. Uh, in this month but I'm not going to go that far right now I'm just happy that they're back on their winning ways and one more guy I want to point out that we has not been talked about whatsoever it's Randy Vasquez this guy is awesome he is awesome he came up earlier in the year and made some spot starts now he's been kind of doing this long relief role and he's been flawless he's been absolutely flawless so I'm happy the Yankees are starting to really use what they've you know cherished in their
1: farm system and we'll see where September goes for them This is a team that many said were dead. They might still be dead. I don't want to be the one to ignite that false hope, as I mentioned earlier. But six and a half games back, creeping up just a little bit. I think it's echoing 2016 to where even if you don't make it this year, you know that something special could be coming down the pike if, big if, you play your cards right.
2: Yeah, 100%. Colin, I could see a repeat of 2016 what the Yankees did. And right now, 70-69 and for the first time in three decades, Yankee fans were kind of scared that that season might be in jeopardy of having a winning season. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the Yankees will find a way to finish over 500. they They've done a lot of things right. They've kind of taken that Mets approach, bringing up the youth. I love what I see out of Dominguez, a switch-hitting power lefty guy. I mean, that's what the Yankees really needed all these years going and getting a Gallo, going and getting a Rizzo, going and getting a Greg Bird. or you know, There's so many guys out there, these left-handed, Mike Ford, these left-handed bats that never really seem to pan out with the Yankees. Even a Curtis Granderson going way back. I mean, obviously he He panned out, but he he was was great great. for what he was. But that's kind of the Yankees' mantra, (laughs) even going all the way back to Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, power-hitting lefty guys, the short porch in right field at Yankee Stadium proves that. And Jason Dominguez very well could be that for the Yankees, that missing piece maybe not to get them over the edge this year in terms of the playoffs, but certainly looking towards next year, they now have a building piece, and there'll be other guys coming up the pike. I know that you haven't been too excited about some of the prospects, what they've done thus far, but I think it's all a learning curve. I think that's really what baseball is. We see it all the time. And, you know, whenever these guys get called up, you know, for the Mets, a lot of those guys are getting called up twice. For the Yankees, a lot of these guys are getting called up for the first time. So you kind of have to give them a little bit more leeway in that regard. And just some other things of Yankees' note. Giancarlo Stanton had his 400th home run this uh, week in their 5-1 win on Tuesday. So Stanton continues to reach some milestones as well. Yankee fans have wanted to see the Judge and um, Stanton bash brothers, you know, for the past five years. But it hasn't been that same, you know, at the same time. I mean, the playoffs, Stanton will turn up and then Judge won't. So there's certain things that Yankee fans really, yeah, are trying to figure out at this time of year. But playoffs, six and a half back, it's it's tough right now. But looking towards the future, the Yankees are in a pretty good spot. It's
0: definitely doable. Right, it is. It's doable. I don't think they're gonna get there. And I'm really, I'm not gonna set expectations there because no. I, it, you just can't, you can't do that. Because then you're gonna get let down. You're gonna get let down if you do that. If you set the bar low and they make it, you're gonna be like. All right, we'll just keep rolling. We'll keep rolling.
2: But Giancarlo, he's been looking, he's looked yeah. really
0: good over his last 5 or 10 games or so, something like that. And
2: and the Yankees play the Blue Jays twice. Yeah, uh, 6 games against them. Yeah, so and then they play
0: the they play the Red Sox 3 times too. That's very important. Mm-hmm. They're only 2 games back of the Red Sox. And they that's their biggest test right now. I'm not too concerned with how they play against the Blue Jays cuz they played them pretty well early in the season though before Judge got hurt. They played them like really well. And then the season had unfolded the way that it did. Um, I'm more concerned about the Red Sox, though, because even with Judge—well, actually, was Judge out before they even played the Red Sox? I think he was. They just have not played the Red Sox well at all. They got swept in the Bronx by the Red Sox Mm -hmm. in their last meeting. So that's their big matchup.
1: So to our audience, you did hear it here first. We have to set the bar low for the franchise that has 40 pennants and 27 titles. <laughs> now is the time to set you it you got to set the bar <laughs> low <laughs> for
0: this year. But if you don't want to be let down. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've heard yeah. a
1: lot about Dominguez, and rightfully so. He's going to be a special player. I do want to give some credit to Austin Wells mm-hmm. because yeah. I yeah. think he's getting lost in the shuffle here when I'm very excited about what he could be. Good swing. He reminds me a little bit of Gleber Torres in terms of his approach. Maybe a little bit crisper when it comes to, uh, you know, that uppercut swing that you're looking for in a power hitter. Not mm. so much level contact going yeah, on there. Yeah. If you give him some time to develop, I could see him really doing some damage at this level. And I think it's a shame that he's gotten lost in the shuffle to one extent or another.
0: Well, the, I would say the reason is because a lot of people before Wells got called up, I, you know, I've heard, I've talked to some people. What they think, what they've seen. Um, a lot of people thought that he may have hit his ceiling in Double A, hitting wise or Triple A, whatever it was. Like they felt like he was not gonna be that offensive, you know, presence at the major league level. Which right now, in fourteen at bats, sure, he hasn't done that. He had some pretty big hits though in Houston. There was one in that in that third game that, that was really clutch, double off the wall, scored Glaber in the ninth inning, big insurance run, but. I think defensively, he's been very good. Like, I've, I've really liked what I've seen. And I think he can get into, you know, some kind of offensive groove. However, where people are, you know, I would say getting a little anxious is his age. He's 24. You know, obviously Aaron Judge was 24, 25 when he got called up. But, you know, Austin Wells has been the twenty-twenty round pick in the minors up until this point. And he was already a junior in college when he got drafted. So... You know, he's a little older now, but that shouldn't hold him back. I'm excited for him, too. They needed they need depth
1: at catching, big time. I, I think as far as catchers go, you're only going to get a Mike Piazza once in a blue moon. I think yeah. you just hope he can hit 14 to 17 home runs a year. I think that's Just be an anchor fair. defensively, though. That's what and you that was mean was your backstop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not known if he was going to be that anchor, necessarily. Right. Regardless, the Yankees Utes, as they've been called. On yeah, not media. the Baby Barbers,
0: but the Utes. The Yankees Utes. I kind of like this one. Baby Barbers were a different era.
2: Much different era. Much different. The Yankees, They're old now. The Yankees pitching staff has very high praise as well for Austin Wells, what he's able to do behind the plate. And that was a big thing with Garrett Cole. Like, does he like Higashioka as his main catcher? You know, so, or Trevino. So we'll see. But He's
0: liked He's liked Wells, too. Yeah.
2: I, I From
0: what I've seen, Garrett Cole was interviewed yesterday, or after his start on, what's today, Thursday? Mm-hmm. Tuesday. So, um, he said he's really liked what Wells has brought to the table right out of the gate. So, mm-hmm. could be a nice connection. And if he can establish something with Wells in just this month, that could be big for his opt-out decision. Obviously, oh, yeah. some people are probably thinking, you know, he's not going to go. Yeah. I, I'm I don't really, think he's going. I don't really think he's going, but I, love I would not that narrative, jump but, yeah. to a conclusion that he's...
2: You know, solely staying. But if the Yankees were to clean house, that is a piece or a return that they would get the most back for. Absolutely. Besides Aaron Judge. But now,
0: are they going to go that direction? Probably not. uh, Nah. (laughs) You know,
2: especially a lot of people saying Boone's going to stay. Now, two weeks ago, you asked me, I'd say Boone was out of town. Uh, It changes with the week. It does. It does. It sucks, but it's, you know, you can never predict these things. I don't know if even Buck Showalter is going to be the manager of the Mets. I have no idea.
1: I think Buck will stay. Well, then a that's, lot of people will tell you otherwise. I mean, you know, it's just the way it is. That's where the game works, and that is a good segue for us as yeah. we have talked our fill of the Yankees. Currently, they're seventy and sixty-nine, working their way potentially back into at least a playoff scare. But I want to shift gears to the team over in Queens, the New York Mets. Lost three to two last night in D.C. They jumped out to an early two nothing lead, but bullpen couldn't keep it together Dan am I wrong to say that there is a lot of reasons there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this Mets team for 2024 obviously long term you look at the pieces they got back for the likes of Scherzer and Verlander and you say okay 2025 26 I could see this team making some noise no I think next year if they play their cards right, it's a little bit like the Yankees in that regard, to where I see the potential, but it requires the front office and ownership to play their hand correctly. And if they do that, 2024 could at least be a wild card year for the Mets. Quintana's been very good, Kodai Senga has been tremendous on the mound. I would venture to say that average wise, this may be a down year for Pete Alonso. The same can be said of Jeff McNeil. I liked what they've gotten out of Lindor offensively. If you can just fill in a hole here and there, they could be cooking as soon as next year. And I'm not saying that they're the Braves. I'm not saying that it's a first-place NL East club. But wild card, that, that's reasonable in my mind.
2: Yeah, Colin, I think you're 100% right. And you set that up very well because... Mets fans right now, the big question in their mind is, what's the pitching staff going to be in 2024? And when you gave away guys like Verlander and Scherzer, Scherzer I understood. You know, There's a confidence factor that goes into baseball, specifically when I watch it. If I watch a guy take a mound every fifth day, I want confidence knowing that he's not just going to shell the game or give up a big hit and cost us the game. I think every baseball fan can kind of – get behind that approach but with Verlander it was different with Verlander you knew what you were getting straight over the top fastball sharp hook Hall of Fame stuff not rinky-dink sliders from Verlander or Scherzer that could get you know hung at a moment's notice and he never performed in the playoffs Verlander that was tough and when you get rid of him you're like okay now we don't have a one and we don't have a two and Kodai Senga for what it's worth has stepped up and proven that he could be that ace or two starter in the big leagues and if Kodai Senga's year your two Colin going into 2024 I think that matches up just with any rotation in baseball Kodai Senga what he's done this year three point oh eighty ERA from a rookie 10 and 7 25 game start 143 pitches of 143 innings pitched and 176 strikeouts So Kodai Senga has been amazing. Quintana's been amazing. You don't want to rely on these guys. You would obviously like in the offseason to go out and get a Blake Snell or one of these arms and would have been Urias, but we'll talk about him and what happened later. But, you know, if you're the Mets 2024, I don't think it's a down year. Ronnie Mauricio has given you every single reason in his 19 at-bats thus far, eight for 19, 421 with a double and three stolen bases. Ronnie Mauricio has given you every reason as a Mets fan to be excited, especially in terms of 2024. I could go up and down all these prospects that we have, but I don't want to bore the listeners at home just yet. But, well, I I am in a very complacent position as a Mets fan. I am happy for the future. It's a little shaky in 2024 pitching wise, but I think our bats will be enough to get us over the, over the hump and maybe get us wildcard victory
0: see i was just gonna say that i was gonna say that i think they they're gonna have the offense to help them i think their pitching is gonna is gonna be what holds them back just a little bit which is kind of weird especially how how crazy they've you know changed so quickly in what they're strong in i guess you mm-hmm. know it, that would not be a question if we were here this time last year but yeah here we are you're ahead now um i loved what they did at the deadline i think they had one of probably the best deadline out of anybody, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The Mets did really, really well for themselves. Um, Mauricio, I wouldn't talk about him if we're talking about young guys. Yeah. I love this guy mm. for, for a couple of years now, and I was so happy that they held on to him because he has some very impressive tools and they could have very easily unloaded him to get somebody, you know, of course, a, a rental, of right? Course. Somebody that would have helped them last year. Yep. Um, maybe even the year before when they got Baez, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy they didn't do that. Because what a failed experiment that this, was, by the way. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> but this here, though, what I really like about this uh, uh, is Ronnie Mauricio. He is not going sec- to be the second baseman. That's probably going to be Acuna, right? Mm-hmm. So now that's a battle for third base. What that does is that puts a little pressure on Brett Beatty, and I think he yeah. needs that a little bit. You need a little bit more urgency up there. Um, obviously, he he's like a quad A player right now. Yeah, right? it seems so that way, which is unfortunate. But Maybe get a little pressure behind him. You Mets fans adore him. Yeah, but Ronnie's playing really well. Yeah. He's going to need a spot. He could definitely play third. No one's playing short, obviously, but Ronnie needs a spot. That could put a little pressure on Brett Beatty to do something. You know, like, got to do something here because my spot's going to be yeah. up before I can really have a chance to take it from anybody. So I, I like what the Mets are doing. They set themselves up great. For the next couple of years, I'm not going to go as immediate as next year. I like the maybe a wild card spot. Um, I think bringing back Pete Alonso is a. uh, Oh, yeah. Maybe not bringing back. He's not a free agent yet, is he? No. You You need to extend him, though. He's going to be in a contract year. And like you said, Colin, a little down year on the average side of things, but third season with over 40 home runs, you got to keep this guy. Yeah, you got to keep him. He's going to solidify your your core with Lindor there so you need to you need to hold on to him.
1: I love this thought that those type of guys grow on trees yeah. like you're just going to find 40 home runs if you look in the parking lot of Willett's point like no you have to <laughs> extend this guy if you want your offense to be a threat. Yep. Gotta hold on to him It is ridiculous. I I don't understand it. And the whole thing that Alonzo's toxic, nobody's buying into that. No one that's intelligent is buying into that. And
2: no one's really reporting that either, if we're being honest. It's just false things that are getting out there.
1: And there's been articles written to the contrary that say, no, he's beloved by his teammates. Even if there's friction, there's a difference between friction and toxicity. And the Mm -hmm. media needs to do a better job at understanding that, in my mind. As far as pitching is concerned.
2: Even when Scherzer, sorry to cut you off, but even when Scherzer came back when Texas played the Mets last week, he debunked all those things that were said about him and Billy Epler. It's like, those were not true. So, can't believe what you read on the internet.
1: Well, you know, it was true, though. There was a little tension between Scherzer and Verlander. I heard about that. That is true. That was a a New York Post story, I believe. It was Mike Puma that Mm -hmm. reported that, and... I could see how that would have impacted the early stages of the Mets season. I'm not sure why there was friction between those two guys. And quite honestly, shame on them. You're both getting close to being over the hill. You couldn't get it together for one last run. I'm not sure if you want that around a young team, which gets me to my next little point here. I've been very impressed with Mauricio, but not for the reasons that I think I should be impressed. Everyone wants detail. Right. Baseball is such a detail oriented sport. I have been impressed with the fact that he plays with the type of freedom that is very rare. He doesn't seem to be too confined to, I need to take this approach because he knows I have raw enough power to go out there and just crush the baseball. It's missiles. Yeah. His first hit was 117 miles an hour. It was the hardest hit ball that any met this season. Like the- <laughs> yeah. No way. And the really, hardest in was, a major league is debut. Awesome. In their first at bat. Yeah. I, I can tell you in the press box, I was there. Mm. <laughs> Everyone kind of turned their head, like "Oof, smoked that!" Actually, Sarah Langs was sitting on uh, wow. the back of the, the press box. Everyone looked. Can you get the the stat on that? Is there yeah. sure as sure uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fastest hit ball this season. So when you have a guy that's that physically fit and has that type of raw power, then you just got to hope that you can kind of put it in a certain direction.
0: And he's long, too. Exactly. Like he's 6'3", right? Which is, that's a solid height for the position that he plays. Yes. You could play all three of those positions yeah. pretty well at that height. Um, But he moves so well. He's very, he's just raw all around. Power-wise, athleticism-wise, all around, I really, really like. And he's a switch hitter, too. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just so much diversity in that lineup. You really, you need that. And not for nothing. I know it's only been, it's been five games, right? Yeah. He's gotten a hit in every single game. Three multi-hit games yeah. already mm-hmm. in five games. He's batting over 420. I mean, five games, it doesn't really matter. But the fact that he's putting not just contact on the ball, hard contact, and it's finding holes, big bright spot for him and what the Mets can do with him in a couple years.
1: One thing on pitching before we move on to other things, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah. Should be the Mets' number one priority in terms of shoring up of this rotation because if you put him, Senga, Quintana as your top three in a potential playoff wild card rotation next season, that's scary. Would yeah. be something. Especially if you got Alonzo still there, which he will. He's, he's here for another year at least. They just have to extend him beyond that. Mm-hmm. And if you get McNeil to be a little bit more of that contact guy, that he was in 2022, remember the guy that won the batting title? Yep, yep. Then you're really cooking with gas, in my estimation. But all of that remains to be seen for the New York Mets. We do have other things to talk about on this edition of Nosebleeds, one of which is of a heavier subject matter. Dodgers starting pitcher Julio Rios was placed on administrative leave after being arrested for suspicion of corporal injury on a spouse or cohabitant. It's happened days before he was put on leave. Uh, It's not the first incident for Arias. He was arrested in May of 2019 for domestic battery and suspended 20 games by Major League Baseball. Guys, I believe fully in second chances. I don't know how I feel about third chances, though, especially as it pertains to... Julio Rius. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say this is the second chance. Right. Yep. I it happened four years ago. That's also one thing that's insane. This guy has been up since twenty sixteen, since he was nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. I he was a huge prospect for the Dodgers. And I would say that he's lived up to that. And he's lived up to that in multiple ways. He was very effective out of the bullpen for them when they won the World Series in twenty twenty. Uh even as a starter. Any time before then, he's been great. Over the last three years, he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball, and he's probably been the the Dodgers' ace, so to say. You know, it's obviously Kershaw, but the best pitcher in their rotation has definitely been Urias. Won the ERA title last year, so he came third in Cy Young, fourteenth in MVP. Um, Yeah, this is this is terrible. This is terrible all the way around for for him, for the Dodgers. Just all the way around, this is just really really bad stuff, and. You know Collins, you said third chances. That's that's a little much, man. You you've you were arrested once because of this same issue. You're like that that's it, dude. And he's a free agent too. Some guy that the Mets probably could have looked at and been like, this would be a really solid option to have. He's only twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but this is this is just inexcusable. How how does this happen? How does it happen once to begin with? Again, multiple times, yeah. and he's back, but. You know, I, I can't. I can't see him coming back. He's he's gonna miss the rest of the season. Yeah, he's sure. done. I mean, he's 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 totally done. He's done. It's gonna impact where he goes in free agency. I I just this is not a person that I would want to take no. on, no matter how good or bad they are.
1: If he goes anywhere in free agency now, it, yeah, quite honestly, it may not
0: be. Could have a Trevor Bauer situation. Right, could yeah. end up playing in Asia, playing in uh, the Korean baseball league or the the Nippon. You know, so.
2: There's a very good chance that's that ends up happening. Yeah, you just never see him again. I mean, we've we've learned over time in sports, especially in baseball, it seems to be a repeating theme. Where I see guys like Ozuna still playing baseball, it's like it just (laughs) something's not right there. But Domingo Herman, right? You know, but I believe in the second chance. The third is where I draw the line as well. I don't. It's tough, especially because of his stock and what you know. We he would have been a great piece. Lefty pitchers are kind of a premium in this league, and to be frank, in baseball in general, like, you don't see a lot of lefties up and down the pike, especially good ones. So, you know, it, it it's tough, and especially as a Dodgers fan, we talked about the old Trevor Bauer thing. It's just they can
1: never get you know the the right end of the stick. Certainly not the type of behavior we condone here at WFB Sports, but we found it necessary to bring it up on this podcast, being as we do cover a wide variety of topics as it pertains to Major League Baseball. Upwards and onwards, though, to a little bit lighter of a subject matter, the AL West race Mm. is really close, guys, as we go more out of market here. Astros in first place, Mariners a game back, Rangers three games back. I gotta think the smart money is on Houston, if for no other reason than they've been here before. They know what this is about.
0: I predicted that Houston would have been four games up at the end of August. That hasn't happened, but (laughs) (laughs) they're not too far from it. Mm -hmm. In the second week of September now, and they're almost four games ahead of the of the Rangers. I never really believed in the Rangers to begin with. I knew even in their offense, and they proved me wrong there. but look at what happens when their offense kind of goes into a free fall. And it's not just the offense. It's everybody. They it just cannot win ballgames right now. And it is killing them significantly. And they have a very tough stretch. All three of those teams have to play each other multiple times before they close out the season. So uh, the Rangers, I'm not, I'm not loving them. I love the Astros from the jump. And I really think that's where it's going to end up again. You have to look at the experience. That core is still intact, you know, despite trash cans and all that, this team has run the last 10 years of Major League Baseball, so to say, give or take 9, creeping up on 10 um, and they will continue to do so as long as Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and um, who else is even on that team that was part of the original squad I guess Verlander now Right. once all of those yeah. guys are gone then we can have a conversation. Other than that, this team will continue to be a force in the American League until Jose Altuve just cannot play baseball anymore. That's <laughs> how it's going to go down. I love the Mariners here, though. They're in a very good position. Um, they're scrappy, too. And I believe they also play the Astros. So that'll be that'll be very interesting because they're hot-ish. They were really hot a couple weeks ago. And the, Mariners, uh, the Rangers just haven't been for almost a month now.
1: Although I said the smart money was unused, and I believe that to be true. Mariners are tied for the best ERA in baseball Mm -hmm. currently. They can throw. That Mm -hmm. is something to be reckoned with in a playoff situation. Assuming that they just get into the dance, they're going to be a team that you don't want to face because pitching is a little different in October. Facing high-quality pitchers is a little bit different in October. You look at guys like Luis Castillo, people of this sort, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby even, who's had a very solid year. 2.3 walk Ratio or percentage. Wow. Unbelievable. Which is under the radar because it's Seattle. It's not the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets now or the Phillies or somewhere like that. It's the Seattle Mariners. They haven't been playoff relevant consistently in a long time, if ever. So now you're going up against the likes of Houston and Texas. Texas was very high powered now and quite expensive. <laughs> if you want to look at it through that lens. I mean, you just look at the net worth of the guys they have. Max Scherzer, chief among them, it's easy to see how a team like the Mariners could get lost in the, under the, uh, lost in the shuffle a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the starting pitching that they have at their disposal, they're a team to be feared whether or not they win the AL West.
2: Yeah, 100%. And J-Rod just became the first player with 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases in each of his first two seasons just yesterday. So the Mariners are completely on a tear. They seem to be good, and we know as well as anyone else in sports – as the playoffs get deeper, if the Mariners were to sneak in, they've never won a World Series before. You know that narrative's gonna start creeping up very quickly and you know, a lot of nerves are gonna be on the other side of the teams that have to face that, you know, as they keep going. I always saw the Cubs, what they were able to do, you know, when they never won. So it's gonna be tough. I do like Cleveland. As crazy as that sounds, I mean I don't like them this year, but I did like what they did. They picked up Giolito, he didn't have a good start, they picked up Matt Moore, they picked up Ronaldo Lopez. They tried to make a push and unfortunately you know teams we saw with the angels they make these pushes and then they fall off it's tough baseball's the toughest sport to be sustainable in you know in terms of getting in and going on a run you got to look to the yankees you can't ignore them only six and a half back especially what they've been doing i'm not a believer in it but you have to throw it out there and texas I, i did like texas going into the year not so sure what's going on now they seem to be free falling a little bit But, yeah, watch Seattle, watch Toronto in the AL. And in terms of the NL, guys, obviously the the Astros and what they've been doing. But the Phillies, the Phillies have been, you know, especially last year what they were able to do, I think they're primed and ready to maybe, you know, get that ring in Philadelphia. What they've been able to do, Bryce Harper shaving his beard this week. (laughs) It's like the, the whole thing. The vibes have been good in Philly for a while. And you look at the NL, it's not many good teams, Dodgers and Braves. Braves are nasty of course I would
1: and, put Philly in that conversation but f- yeah
2: right so Philly's right. kind of now as that solidified team that can compete in a seven game or five game series with the Dodgers or the Braves it's going to be interesting down the stretch and that last wild card spot as well Miami's hot they're on a six game win streak and the Cubs are on a four game win streak but you know these teams they fall and rise with the times and you know the Giants are on a seven six game love the streak. Giants yeah I love them. you know a week ago they were the top They were the top two teams in that NL wildcard with Philly, and now they're not even, you know, two and a half back. Mm -hmm. So
1: with their a million coaches on the yeah, uh,
2: you know, a million different moving pieces in San Francisco. I don't know. Same thing with San San Diego as well. Uh, Coming into the year, we predicted San Diego to be really good. Yeah, we did. And And they're just just not
0: not there. That's that's what it goes to show you. Look at basketball. It has never worked in basketball, and and it has never. I don't think it's worked ever in professional sports, man. Spend big on certain guys to get those names, to yeah. sell those tickets, to sell those season ticket packages, right? You get a face. You could put them on the brochure of the season ticket <laughs> yeah. packages, yeah. right? That's great. But it doesn't win you championships. It doesn't. It just, it, look, I hate to be that guy, but look at the Mets. The Mets this year. Uh, you the the, know, the you know? prime example. It, it just doesn't work out that way. They have set themselves up to win in a fashion Where it's feasible, where like actually happens. Look at Baltimore. Yeah, Mets are kind of headed down that road. That road, so Mm. you know, road being they have the the stockpile, right? Not that they're gonna win forty-seven games for four straight years. (laughs) Yes, and and
2: for for what it's worth, I think you don't need uh, you don't need a star-studded. Listen, the Mets have prided themselves since twenty fifteen on building up their pitching staff and being you know elite in that regard, but. You don't need us. You just need an ace nowadays and good contact hitters, a couple power guys to bring them home, people to move the ball, like people to move guys around. You don't need a star studded lineup of, you know, $40 million guys. It's just not the
1: recipe to win anymore. Speaking of a $40 million guy, just one note that I want to bring up before we do wrap up this edition of Nosebleeds, and guys, it has been fun. Yes, yep. as always. always. We've made it a habit this year of talking a little bit about Shohei Ohtani, mm. there, yeah. given that he is the unicorn of baseball currently. Sure is. And with everything going Goal. on with the Dodgers pitching staff, whether it be Julio Rios and that situation, or Tony Gonsolin going down yeah. with Tommy John and Walker Buehler rehabbing, but we don't quite know what he's going to look like. Mm. I think the Dodgers might have to be out on Shohei Ohtani. I still think it's likely that they go after him, but if I'm Andrew Friedman, if I'm sitting in my LA office, I might have to sincerely think about whether or not it's necessary to go after Shohei. I know that's a crazy thing to say because he's been the best player in baseball, but they need pitching more than they need raw offense, and with Shohei's UCL injury, it's not known really when he'll be pitching at the level he was again.
0: Let me let me. I want I want to jump in on this right now because it's the Dodgers. They will be in it regardless. Oh, one hundred percent. They will be. The price tag's different. The price tag yeah. is different, but I don't know about how much. A lot of people think it's going to be a lot. I really don't think it's going to be a lot because what if you he comes back and he's like John Smoltz, <laughs> as a closer, mm-hmm. starter got injured, came back as a closer, one of the best closers in baseball, yeah. went back to being a starter. Could be. <laughs> it's like. He could he could do that. The Dodgers can certainly use that in their bullpen. Mm-hmm. They, they need another. They need a new Kenley Jansen. So um, I think the Dodgers can be all over this. We just talked about it. Look at Julio Arias. That is one guy they don't have to worry about anymore. See you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Opening in our rotation, Tony Gonson is an opening in our rotation. You don't know what you're going to see out of Clayton Kershaw, right? So you have two openings in your rotation already before Shohei can come can is eligible to sign with them, right? So, it's just another bat added to their huge offense. Um and it could most certainly be done. They're going to be in it I think all the way until the very end. It is it if it's of a matter of whether they should be in it or not, I think they should. I think they they have a lot of leverage here. Their their name has been circled around Shohei Otani since the moment that he came to to the United States. And it didn't that didn't It is not how it went down. But he's in L.A., why relocate, all this? You could say whatever you want, why he should still be in L.A., but the Dodgers are a very great fit. I don't think that's where he should go, but they are definitely in a position to just go big time for him.
2: I know he wants to stay on the West Coast, and I know that the Dodgers are always going to be the first name that comes to mind because they have the most spending power on the West Coast. We could obviously look to the Padres as well as another name for me. When the news first broke about his UCL, my first thought went to the Angels are going to keep him. Simple as that. There was a moment for those next couple hours where I'm like, okay, the Angels know his situation better than anyone else. They, they, the doctors have been all over this. The, the team with the Angels has been in close contact with Otani, you know, obviously for years. They know his situation better than anyone else, and they might have ended up saving a lot of money as a result with that UCL. The Angels are obviously probably out now. The Dodgers seem to be out now. Gentlemen, I want to go on the record. We all understand baseball. We all love baseball. And we love our teams. And I, I, I in my heart of hearts, it is lining up oh boy. for the Mets to get Shohei. <laughs> I Otago. knew we were going oh there. Had to, I heard had it. To say <laughs> it. Had to say it. Someone had to do it. So, he's going to Seattle. <laughs> he's probably going to Seattle, but I just want to hit you with a little hypothetical. 2024, the Mets are down. 2024, Otani is down. They get Yamamoto, like you're talking about. We already have Senga. The Mets have the most Japanese players out of any organization in major, major league history. Listen, guys, and Epler has good connections with the Otani camp. You know, uh, Otani wouldn't be in the MLB if it wasn't for Billy <laughs> Epler, if we're going to be honest. Wouldn't have found him. So, wouldn't have
1: found him. I, I think they someone would have, found, would have, someone would have yeah. found him.
2: But in terms of, you know, bringing him <laughs> to the big leagues at a faster pace than anyone else probably could. I think Epler has a lot to say with that. So
1: <laughs> Make it sound like he was reading a Highlights magazine That's looking right, for yeah. him <laughs> Look out who I found. <laughs> the best pitcher ever, but well,
2: uh, best hitter ever. But I don't know. Hey, listen, neither here nor there, Otani's going to be interesting where he ends up going. And whoever is going to fork over the most money, because there's a lot of pressure on him from the baseball association as well to take the most amount of money
1: Uh, for what it's worth i do think the dodgers will be in on him i do think it's food for thought given their current situation as to whether or not they're willing to spend premium price for someone that might not pitch to the level they want him to initially yeah but Mm -hmm. it's shohei otani he's a different breed all of this will get fully fleshed out in the offseason guys it has been really fun that's gonna do it for this edition of nosebleeds along with will talent and Dan Bartels. I'm Colin Lochran saying so long. Be sure to check out Nosebleeds wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports.